What's up, everyone? This is FTW with ModCon. I am not ModCon. I am Henrique Demore of Dot Esports, usually the producer for the show, but Ahmad is out this week, so I'll be filling in for him. Evo, the world's largest fighting game tournament, is back, and the main event will be in Las Vegas. But there are some changes. Evo's plans for 2021 are more ambitious than ever, and a lot of it is to do with their new owners, Sony. When big money and big companies get involved in esports, the results can be mixed, but the reaction from the fighting game community has been largely positive. And Ludosity, the makers of Slap City, have announced a new fighting game title, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Similar to Smash, but also not at all. To talk about both of these topics is Kale Michael, a writer for Dot Esports, who focuses on the FGC. Kale, thanks for jumping on the show. Glad to be here. So, Evo is back. And like a lot of other things, E3, BlizzCon, etc., a lot of other big esports gatherings and competitions have had to move online. And last year, the pandemic complicated things for Evo, to be sure, but it wasn't really because of COVID, strictly speaking. They had other issues, did they not? Yeah, so Evo specifically was one of the many fighting game events that we're going to try and do in online format. They specifically announced Evo Online 2020 uh, prior to the summer, I believe sometime maybe early June, where they were like, okay, we're definitely not going to be able to do it physically because of COVID, but we're going to try and do this. And that's a whole bunch of games. Uh, that was when the first, like, oh, well, Smash is in an Evo Online 2020 debacle happened, and everybody started getting up in arms about that. But, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely not just because of COVID that Evo didn't happen. There were plans to do Evo Online 2020 before all of the uh, sexual assault and harassment allegations against one of the uh, former, the, I guess, the former president of the organization uh, came out. And... You mentioned Smash, so we'll, we'll we'll touch on that first. No Smash at Evo. Now, maybe it's just because the FGC players and enthusiasts that I know are super, super big into Smash. Yeah, there's Guilty Gear and stuff, which is which is taking a lot more of the spotlight. But Evo without Smash doesn't feel like Evo. How has the community's reaction been to that a couple years later? Because it's not going to be there in 2021 either, is it? No. So for Evo 2020, most people thought, that it wasn't just Evo choosing not to have Smash. Obviously, Smash is the biggest fighting game in general. Even if you don't think of it as a fighting game, it's definitely the game that has the highest turnout of all the fighting game tournaments, uh, unless it's for a specific kind of event. So for the community itself, most of the old heads who have been around the block kind of were like, okay, well, it makes sense because Nintendo hadn't done all the like, oh, we're going to take down tournaments because of Slippy for Melee yet, but Melee and Evo have always had like a really kind of hit or miss relationship over the years. And then for Ultimate, everybody knows that Ultimate's online isn't the best. And for Evo 2020 online, I would have to pull up the specific list of games, but I believe that they had a focus on games that were going that had good netcode or at least had better netcode than the majority of games to kind of give this online presentation and show that like, oh yeah, fighting games can still function online, but we also just want to show the ones that have good netcode. Uh, so there were a lot of like games that got kind of pushed to the side as like side tournaments, or maybe we'll have them on as like showcase matches or something. If they weren't a part of the main lineup, which I believe was just four games, including like Mortal Kombat 11. 
So Smash didn't feel left out then. This year was a little bit different. Melee wasn't going to get in because Melee is in a very weird spot right now in terms of like big tournaments, especially non-traditional like Smash tournaments uh, with all the Slippy and Nintendo conflict that's been going on since December. And now Ultimate, I mean, the online hasn't gotten any better, but also like Street Fighter doesn't really have great netcode. Tekken doesn't have great netcode. They're featured games like guilty gear has fantastic net code but that's really the old like it's like a hit or miss thing you're not gonna hear the same answer from every smash fan if they're an older smash fan or older smash player they're probably gonna be like oh yeah we understand because a lot of things the main thing that some people there's like this contention in the community where it's like oh because sony bought evo smash isn't gonna be allowed and it's like no because killer instinct like there have been clear messaging from like Sony and from Microsoft and like all these different sides of things where it's like, no, that like Killer Instinct's welcome at the event. If uh, if this was just kind of thrown together pretty quickly and Sony already has like this built in relationship with a bunch of the fighting game developers that aren't the Killer Instinct guys from uh, uh, because it's a Microsoft exclusive game since the start of uh, the Xbox One lifespan. So then does it seem like the issues? Because I mean, Sony, a, a sentence like, Oh yeah, Sony bought Evo. That to me seems very antithetical to what, especially the FGC that is that prides itself on being so grassroots that you know to what they want to do. But like you said, it seems like they have you know good relationships with other developers, especially smaller ones uh, as well. So then begs the question: Is is this still just? It's it's, it's not no Smash because of Sony. It's no Smash because of Nintendo. No, it, it now to be fair, it could be no smash because of Nintendo. Nintendo might have been like, okay, well, our online isn't great. We kind of want to see what Evo is going to be in this new phase because of all the stuff that happened with uh, Mr. Wizard and the sexual assault allegations and stuff. They might have just been distance, distancing themselves from the brand. Nintendo hasn't been. Japanese companies kind of have this weird relationship in terms of give and take at events and stuff. Uh, I don't know the exact history between Sony and Nintendo, it's very long history, but. It, it seems like it's more contentious than others uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, you you look at it, how, how you kind of phrase it, where it's like it, it, fighting games is probably the most grassroots of esports just because like everything started in arcades, everything started at locals, and then it kind of got built up. A bunch of the bigger tournaments, including Evo, were built up by people within the community. And so looking at that, uh, going or I guess going back to the official announcement where it was like, um, Tony Cannon, one of the co-founders of Evo, said, uh, this is the quote from him, Tom and I are incredibly excited by the partnership with uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment and RTS, which is the uh, business partner that Sony bought into Evo with. They're uh, uh, kind of like an entertainment company who has an esports division. Both companies bring a wealth of experience and share our passion for what makes fighting game community the fighting game community so great. We are looking forward to working with them to launch Evo to the next level while remaining true to our roots. So like just from the messaging, including from Sony, Sony, Sony's part of the statement also shows that it's like we're keeping the team. We want to make sure that this is true to what Evo was before while also improving it and making it a new thing. Uh, so it's not like we're going to be losing a lot, which most people, when the announcement first hit before they read this. They were like, oh, yeah, no, this sounds really weird. Like whenever somebody buys into a tournament or does this or does that, if they're a big company, typically that loses the the feel that the previous iteration had. 
Uh, but once they read the statements and kind of saw the positioning, including the announcement of Evo Online 2021, you kind of got the feeling that this is at least going to be different at the start. It doesn't look like anything is going to change massively outside of the branding and potential like exclusion of certain elements once you get into the PlayStation part of this. So then kind of switching gears a little bit with this new format, like you said, it, and correct me if I'm misquoting you here, a lot of games are that, that, that because of the new format, a lot of games that have really great net code, like you mentioned, Guilty Gear, which is really blown up. Those are going to be the ones primarily on display. How has the community reaction been to, you know, this tournament specifically? Do they see it as a necessary evil or here to stay or just a, sort of a Band-Aid for now? So for the record, uh, Melee is kind of it's not weird to see fighting games survive for as long as they have. Like people still go back and play old Guilty Gear, old Street Fighter, all these other things. Melee is kind of the outlier in terms of like, oh, this game is 20 years old and it's still got like people that are competing at it consistently. Like older other older fighting games kind of don't have that consistency factor that Melee has. Whereas like I was literally just watching Smash Summit 11, $150,000 prize pool, literally just cracked it today. Biggest Smash tournament in history in terms of prize pool. It's it's not the biggest tournament in terms of players because it's an exclusive event. But like, I mean, sh- uh, they literally j- started the day today by having a VIP tournament of people who either bought in or were commentators at the event. And the dude who won it has bought into, I believe, uh, or first off, shout outs to Ringler. Your Donkey Kong is insane. <laughs> but the he he's bought in, like bought a ticket himself to go to Smash Summit since Smash Summit 2. And so he's wow. been at this event for 10 events now and has competed in these brackets. And now his Donkey Kong is beating like top 100 players who are also VIPs at this event. Like, it's insane. But uh, getting into like the Evo series itself. So if we break into what Evo's doing, you've got the Evo Community Series, which is the side tournaments. It's the smaller games that aren't going to be featured on the main stage. Uh, the community response to Evo 2021 as a whole, as an online format, has been fantastic because they are showcasing so many different games. You got Grand Blue, you've got uh, Undernight in, in Birth, what you've got Eunice, uh, Them's Fighting Herd, Soul <laughs> Calibur, you got Soul Calibur, Skullgirls. Uh, Gundam, I don't even know how to pronounce this title, but you've got like Gundam EX something versus Maxaboost, sure. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, like just across the board. Then you get into like you've got multiple tournaments for Grand Blue, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, uh, Guilty Gear. Then you've got the warm up tournaments for like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Guilty Gear that are going to be on the main stage too. And then you've got the main games, and that's the main six games, which are Guilty Gear, Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter, Tekken, and then Skullgirls actually got added at the last second to add that fifth game to the uh, to the lineup. And those five games will also get the online showcase in November in Las Vegas, uh, barring anything crazy happening with COVID. So the community response has been fantastic just because, I mean, it, free tournament, everybody, anybody can sign up to any of these tournaments for free. Uh, not anymore because registration is closed, obviously. But like the side tournaments, the main tournaments, all of them are being streamed. All of them had different like levels of production quality. I'm sure the mainstream is going to look fantastic. It It's just like kind of this new age of, oh, yeah, well, we were going to do Evo online last year. Didn't end up happening. Now Sony owns it and we've got a little bit of more funding behind it. 
So we're going to do this like two, essentially two and a half month long online just fighting game frenzy across all these different titles. And then, oh yeah, by the way, we're also going to have a physical event in November. So, so in theory, like if I before registration closed, because this seems awesome, because it really does feel like what people love about competition, which is that if you just keep on winning. You can rise from the bottom. So in theory, if I would have signed up for Tekken 7, uh, you know, just on the online, uh, you know, essentially qualifiers, if I'm I'm reading that right, I could, in theory, if I just keep on winning, I could be at the main showcase in Vegas later this year. Yeah. So the registration, even for the main events, was free. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on that comments or Twitter, (laughs) but the the registration for all the main main events and side events was free. Now, it is based regionally, so there's different competitions for each regional area. And then the top two from top two players from each region for the regional finals, which will be in um, August, which is the main event, will move on from the EVO online and they will be invited out. They will be flown out to Vegas to compete in this uh, in this exhibition kind of EVO finals uh, that's being I believe it's being called the Tournament of Champions, even though they haven't officially phrased it as this yet but there's going to be 125k on the line there's going to be 40 players total for now uh right now the only regions that they're taking from i believe are north america europe latin america and asia i don't know if that includes like asia pacific or just asia mm-hmm. as a whole uh so that would be probably including japan which if you know fighting games probably going to be japanese players uh but I mean, November 27th, 28th in Las Vegas is going to be the UFC uh, Apex Sports Complex. So it's going to be it's going to be on a smaller scale than what we're used to from like Mandalay Bay for from Evo's past. But mm-hmm. it's also going to be only like 40 players. So, yeah, it's going to be a nice kind of. Foot in the water, look at what a Sony run Evo moving into Evo 2022 or whatever comes next mm-hmm. is going to be in a physical sense. So then to kind of to kind of wrap up, I'm, I'm glad you you said that. Do you think that this would have been possible if not for Sony's involvement? Because for all the questions that that might raise, like you said, you know, people don't like when too much money gets involved in things. But in theory, a lot more money in things is great because you just have more resources to do what you actually want. And at a tournament of this scale, would it have been possible if not for Sony's involvement? Yes and no. So. One of the main reasons that this acquisition happened is because Evo wanted to change in terms of they want not only to distance themselves from the the Evo that it was before the accusations against Mr. Wizard came out, but also just kind of like be front facing and open and be like, hey, this is us. We're still Evo at the core, but we're going to be better. We're going to improve like internally, externally as a tournament, not just like moral base or whatever so uh another quote from i believe it's uh sony in the uh the original article it's in order to deliver on the trust you have all put in evo we realize the need uh we need an, oh no this is from evo themselves in order to deliver on the trust you have all put in evo we realize that we need an experienced strategic partner who truly respects the spirit of the fgc this is why we're excited to announce that evo has become the joint partnership of sony interactive and rts this new partnership is committed to bringing you amazing tournaments and competitive gaming experience back to you this year and beyond. So they just wanted to be front-facing, be like, we want Evo to still be around, but we want to change, and we want to keep bringing you things to the future. Could it have happened without Sony and RTS and all these other partners and stuff? Yeah, 
it probably wouldn't happen this year. Probably would have been another year because the Cannon Brothers and the other people that work for Evo would not have been able to like kind of get all of this together. They would have had to plan them, this stuff out themselves, uh, like look into other ventures, do all these like little things that I'm sure partnering with Sony and all of this other stuff has kind of smoothed over a bit more because of the teams at Sony where they don't have to worry about as much and they don't have to put as much effort into the actual branding, the rebranding, the distancing themselves from the previous iteration, all the, I mean, the money for the events and stuff. They don't have to do all of that internally now. So yet, yes, they could have. No, it wouldn't have happened this fast and it definitely wouldn't have happened in the way where it's like, oh yeah, we're doing two and a half months of online tournaments and then a physical event in November. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Uh, switching gears a little bit uh, on a maybe more, a more lighthearted note. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. It kind of took over the internet when it was announced and there was gameplay put out and whatnot. Uh, is done by Ludosity, which is the studio uh, in charge here. But they're they have they're not new to the FGC. And when, I, when we were talking before we came on, I said, it kind of looks like Smash, but like with Nickelodeon characters. And you, you said something to the effect of, well, yeah, it's a platform fighting game. They all kind of look like Smash. Uh, so to, to start really just broad strokes here, what makes it different from Smash? Because it does look like it has this very lighthearted feel to it that Smash also has in spades. In terms of video games in general, there's always these kind of, oh, yeah, it looks like this. Or I mean, there's literally an entire category, like genre of games called Metroidvania because they all play or look like or have features similar to Metroid or Castlevania. Or you're backtracking and you're exploring a map. Maybe there's some mis- element of like weird, like, oh, I've got to go do this thing on this map and then go back to another place. But that doesn't mean all the games play the same. For this kind of genre of platform fighters, a lot of them are called Smash likes because they take elements of what made Smash really popular and or it really fun to play and they add them to other games. For Nickelodeon, that's kind of more apparent because it's going for that same thing that Nintendo did where it's, oh, we have a bunch of really cool and really popular IP. Let's take those IP, put them into a fighting game that's really fun to play, is really flashy, has a lot of like animations, a lot of really cool references and stuff. I mean, you could see it in just the gameplay trailer where it's like uh, one of Patrick's down, like the down smash equivalent or whatever they're going to call it. Maybe Mm -hmm. just down smash is him turning (laughs) into like the ice cream cone from an episode of SpongeBob where they were doing the Olympics. And it's like, so there's going to be tons of references like that. I mean, literally the opening lineup has... Everybody you would expect. So it's got, oh, yeah, we've got Patrick. We got SpongeBob. We got Sandy. We've got um, Danny Phantom, who like an older character, but like really iconic. And then you got Powdered yeah. Toast Man for Ren and Stimpy. They didn't even show Ren and Stimpy. They showed Powdered Toast Man. <laughs> so uh, according to like the, what the devs have said and like some interviews behind the scenes and stuff, like Nickelodeon approached them after Slap City and were like, hey, we want to do this. And they've been given like a really long leash to do things like. I believe I believe one dev said that like the amount of things that they threw at the wall that weren't turned away after they found out that they could work um, is very like is very small. So like characters, mechanics, stuff like that. Like when they first started, the devs specifically said that they were they wanted to tone it down from Slap City because Slap City is an insane, like highly technical, really weird, wacky fighting game. They wanted to tone it down to make it make uh, All Star Brawl like more open and to new new users and casual players and stuff while keeping that kind of high level appeal that smash bros has 
but yeah, the the way it differentiates itself from Smash is kind of just live just owning it. They're they're owning the fact that yes, this is like a Smash kind of game, but it's but only in the way that like uh, it's a platform fighter and it's got like IP. The mechanics are going to be different. We're going to have our own spin on things. There's going to be different approaches to stuff. Um, just just little things like that in the uh the kind of owning of the media presence. How do we know? how exactly it's going to differ. He said, you know, kind of mechanics and, you know, without getting overly into the, the, the nitty gritty, right? But he said, you know, things like, oh, there's going to be like a down smash equivalent, right? I mean, obviously you can't just change it to, to an inordinate degree, or I suppose you could, but you're probably not going to reach that casual audience like they want to. How is it going to be different? And how is it going to be similar to, I mean, I hate to keep bringing it back to smash, but let's say, you know, a smash or, or a Tekken, you, you mentioned like, oh, when, when we were talking off air that, it would be playable on an SNES pad, which is a very simple controller. Yep. Uh, and just to kind of throw it back to the last thing, I did find the quote where the developer was said, uh, I've been consciously keeping it not as crazy as Slap City, uh, which is in its own league of ludosity silliness, since I expect a lot more people to play this game than they did Slap. But there's still a lot of banana stuff available. Nick just wanted the game to be fun. So Nick approached this with, they know what they're doing in terms of development, we're only going to kind of moderate things, but we want the game to be fun at its core. That's how this game was being developed. Uh, and you're going to have stuff like wave dashing has been confirmed. So there's going to be smash mechanics in here that might not even be in newer smash games. Uh, directional input is in. So when you're going off the stage, you can directional input to kind of affect how you're falling and some of the momentum in the game. Um, uh, th this game's going to have rollback on supported platforms. We don't know what the, the specifics of that are. So uh, rollback in terms of like, okay, like the netcode is going to be good for this game. It's going to be, hopefully it's going to be the, I'm not going to get into the differences between like the rollback netcode you see in like Guilty Gear or Strive versus the rollback netcode you do see in like Street Fighter, because that's like a really technical conversation, but hopefully it's more towards the, the former and it's going to be really good. And you can see people playing like cross country, maybe even cross like, like a, a cross continent, hopefully, because Strive can manage that to an extent. Um, but yeah, you just, you just see like all these little things that they're doing where, yeah, they're owning up to the, the stuff that is going to be the same as smash, but they're also saying like, uh, I mean, it's going to be on all platforms. We still don't know if crossplay is a thing. Uh, as far as I know, I haven't seen any comments about crossplay, but there's going to be a PC version that's confirmed by the devs. It's going to be on all the major consoles, including switch. Um, like they're just doing so much of like what the people want to see plus what Nickelodeon fans would want to see, and then just making a good game on top of it. Well, I think that's all I've got. Kale, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh -huh. Good talking about fighting games. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwamod.com. To follow Kale on the work he's doing over at Dot Esports, you can find him at xjustified on Twitter. To follow me and my work at Dot Esports and elsewhere, you can find me at Henrique Demore on Twitter. To follow Imad and his work over at Tom's Guide, you can find him at Imad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Demore and Jacob Wolf. Executive producers are Kevin Morris and Thomas Tischio. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.